intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Dullivan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, he's a former WWE superstar. He's also, you also see him in The Strain and many other films. He has a currently a new film out called Becky. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Robert Malay. Robert, how are you? I'm well. Healthy and well and a bit bored, but I'm good. Good. Uh, before we even start talking, um, quarantine just happened all over the world it's everybody sort of sim- kind of getting back to normal um how was your quarantine life how you been doing um well you know obviously we stayed at home pretty much the whole time you know my wife was able to still be able to work she's, that didn't affect her mm-hmm. as much you know, uh, as far as work, uh, for me, I obviously did. I was looking forward, you know, the beginning of the new year, like I think like everybody else on the planet was looking forward for uh, to a new year. And for me, I have more opportunities to film and work, you know. And, yeah. And when it, when it all happened, you know, it's, it's, I don't think I'll be able to, I don't know if you'll be able to do some, acting for gigs for me this year was is you know tough but i mean uh, what's what's important though i mean we're all we're all good we're like i said we're healthy we're we're we're, we're not as bad in our province in canada on the, on the east coast uh we do very good for we're, we have a small province and mostly a rural area in our province so distancing's no issue i mean uh uh I have a 20 acre land, so I can wow. we were able to look around and you know go for walks. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a totally different world. Totally weird. At first, it's weird, you know, going to the grocery store and follow the the guidelines and all stuff is stressful and hard, hard on the head. Sorry, hard on the head. Yeah. You get used to it over time, like everybody else, I suppose. You get this kind of the new norm now. But for it was just the uncertainty, just the uncertainty how long the, it was going to last. You know, is it a year, a year or two years? I mean, it changed everything, you know. So it's, yeah. To just go with the, every week seems like different stories every week. So always different, something on the news about it. Or every day was always something added to it in the beginning, you know, so it's just getting worse and worse. And people losing jobs and the economy and people get separated at the borders. So it was hard on the head at first. It's funny, it was the first few days I was sleeping, you know, you go to, you, you, you go to bed at night and you have a nice dream, you know, you dream, you dream and then you wake up and then you realize, oh, okay, we're, we're in this <laughs> situation again you know it's no it's odd it's very odd and it's getting like i said it's getting better we we open our our province we didn't have a lot of cases in our province okay so we uh we opened some just different phases yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, so we opened a lot of our businesses and stuff, but of course this was some distancing. Uh, so it's, it's getting better, but it's, it's not normal yet, you know. So that's what it is. Yeah. But as it's, it's weird though. It's also because it's not us. It's not North America, not Canada, but you, but you know, U.S. It's North America, but it's worldwide at the same time. Everybody's dealing with the same issue. Some of them are dealing with uh, some governments are dealing with it differently. You know, some countries, but we're all dealing with the same you know, pandemic, world pandemic. This is fascinating and it's kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, um, especially now. Also, with the pandemic, it seems like we get we get from um, one obstacle to the next obstacle with the whole Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. Um, I'm not a political podcast by any stretch, but I just want to get your take on the whole Black Lives Matter situation. What's your um, views on that? Well, it's, it's been built. I'm, I'm all for it for, for okay. sure. I mean, it, it's been. It's not like it's new. It's been building up for the last couple hundred years. Yeah, especially. Last twenty years, twenty five years, with all the you know the protests, the riots in the U.S. You know, was, and I think I'm sure I'm sure the pandemic helped a lot because people were stressed and worried and kept up in their homes and that added to the stress. And then of course for the events that happened in Minneapolis, you know, it's just fall over. You know, uh, and I hope it uh, feels like a turning point, and I hope it is. You know. Usually news outlets, you know, they make a big fuss out of it, and then two weeks later, it's it's forgotten. You know, yeah. like it's, 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 that's how it works that way. And I, I hope it lingers on for the for a long time and, and, and some changes. I attended my uh, we we did have a rally here in my hometown, in Moncton, New Brunswick. And uh, my daughter, she's fifteen. She's fifteen years old, and she's become aware of the world situation, you know, especially the pandemic, but also with the, the Black Lives Matter. And I can also say my daughter is from Ethiopia. We adopted her from Ethiopia uh, over 10 years ago now. So she's become aware of her identity, you know, that she is black and she's very proud of her, of her culture. And then she wanted to attend uh, a rally, oh, wow. uh, uh, protest. And we were all for it, and I, 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 it was important for me to support her, but also to be with her, make sure she was safe. You know, uh, it was not going to go like some some person in the U.S. You know, with all the riots, like you know, it was. I'm sure it was going to be very peaceful, but nonetheless, you know, just want, my dad wanted to be with her. But at the same time, it was my first time at, at a protest as well. So it's very well done and very well organized, and it was very, very happy to be part of it. So yeah, I'm all for it. You know, it's that's part of the democracy we live in. You know, legality. Yeah. You know, it's been it's been a struggle for America coming back from quarantine, the Black Lives Matter, and it seems like everything is coming to a head. Like, you know, if it's not, if it's the pandemic, now it's systematic racism, everything is being recorded, everything's been getting recorded, but now it's like almost, I think this is the first time all 50 states, you know, did a protest, and all 50 states, I think it's the first of its history, first of its history that's it's happened. Um, um, so, you know, it's kind of... 
going into into um into wrestling because you used to wrestle um did you did you notice was it like the same in the business working atmosphere in wrestling with racism as it was in the world or you you didn't see any of that Maybe I did, and I didn't really kick in at the time. I don't know. I mean, I wrestled, of course, I wrestled some other parts of the world. You know, yeah. um, I didn't see any. Uh, oh, but there's there's one incident though. I can. Yeah, I guess it's part of one uh, part of it. Here, when I first started, the first year when I first started, this is thirty years ago. A while, a while back, my first year, I wrestled um, uh, in my times. So we did a house show, uh, and I wrestled uh, against R- Rotten Ron Star. Rotten Ron Star is the uh, it's, it's from the south, it's yeah. from Alabama, I believe. A great wrestler, you know, he's a great, a great heel, and he was he did a lot of tours here in the Maritimes for years, and. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's redneck as well, you know. Uh, he's not afraid to, to save his beliefs. This is fine, but <laughs> we were wrestling in uh, parts of the school shop with a lot of the, the, the black community. Uh-huh. And uh, he had an altercation with some of the ringsides where some fans were, there were black. And Ron Starr had his wife, also a valet at the ringside, was also his wife. And she was kind of a being a heel, you know. And someone said something negative, some of the fans said something negative about her, and Ron Starr caught, it, it caught Ron Starr's ear, and he went out of character, or in character, I'm not sure, and spills out some negative uh, words, you know, he went out of control. Started yelling at the fans and when just started escalating and escalating, and the the N word was used. <laughs> it's just I was in the middle of it. You know, I was I was in the ring and I was you know seeing all happen. It started to escalate to a point where they started to throw chairs and started a riot started to assume. This is a a small crowd, a couple of them, you know, I say small crowd, like a couple hundred at, at yeah. the show, at this arena, uh, ice arena in the summer, right? So, a small town. And, yeah, it was getting to a point where it was getting serious, and, like I said, I saw chairs flying all over the place, people getting angry. And uh, my my job, they were going to hurt, you know, they were going to hurt more star, they were going to beat him up, or to try to hurt him. Uh, and in my head, because I was such a rookie at the time, but I knew I was trained to make sure the guy I worked with was wasn't harmed, was protected. So Ron Starr didn't back up, uh, back up at all. You know, he wanted to to be part of that fight, and didn't want to back up, back up. Was, and, uh, but I wanted to make sure he was safe, nobody was going to get hurt. So I got into it, but. I started fighting Ron Starr, but work fight, you know, a wrestling fight was not not trying not to hurt him, but he understood. So mm-hmm. when I did the punching and uh, whatever I did, he sold it. So my punch, and it was able for him to back, he backed off. Mm-hmm. So we were still in character, and he backed off and ran towards the dressing room where he was safe. So I was 
at the end, I said, well, for a lot of boys, especially Dr. Motor, was, was, was said that it was good for me to do that, to, to save him, at least save his ass, because <laughs> <laughs> he was going to get his ass beat. But I made sure he was safe, you know. But I remembered, in my memory of it, just chairs flying over my head. <laughs> oh, man. Bizarre. But that was, that, yeah, that was kind of an encounter with, the, you know, a guy just, you know, went over overboard, you yeah. know, over the top, and this shouldn't say words, you know, you, you can't say that, you know, you want to get heat, but he wants to get heat, and that, that's the wrong kind of heat you want to get. Yeah, so, yeah that, that's a heat that'll start like a, a race war. That's almost, bad heat, know. that's negative, that's heat, that's something that, that kills a town. Yep. <laughs> something of it. Oh, man. Yeah. That's my memory of that. It was pretty wild. Uh, um, last time we talked, I believe, was two years ago, and we talked about the strain. We talked about um, three hundred. We talked about all your acting accolades. Um, you've been a lot of doing a lot of movies now. The current movie, it's on VOD. It's called Becky. It's with Kevin James yourself. Um, it's a it's a, like a like a thriller, like a psychological thriller. Correct that movie. I would say yeah. I would say as if some people say it's a horror film. Horror it's film. Kind of okay. Way. Would say a horror, but more more of a thriller. Thriller, sure. okay. Oh, it's like psychological. Yeah, it's kind of a whole balloon, <laughs> but with with with, with violence. <laughs> <laughs> Mixture of Die Hard into it as well. Yeah, so it's a lot of the kind of a genres in there. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, how did you get in, how did you get involved with the film, and how is it like working with Kevin James? Uh, well, I just support it. Uh, just for it, like anybody else. I, actually, it was a year ago, this, this month, that I auditioned for it. It just came up to me and uh, from my agent and I auditioned for it. And then uh, I understood the character very well, but from the breakdown, you know, it, it looked like an interesting character. It's not only a villain, a bad guy, but he, he, had, he was very conflicted. You know, stuff he had to do for Dominic, his boss. He went too far. He was, he was very remorseful about it. So that was interesting. Something similar I did, uh, the movie called The Big Bang, with Antonio Banderas, who I played this boxer, Russian boxer, who's very conflicting as well, very emotional. Did bad things, but I saw like a sociopath, a dancer, he only did bad things, but he had a heart. So this, this role, the Apex role, was very similar. So I did the best that I could do, you know, to, to do it, send it off the tape. Then I got a call back in the second audition, but this time it was a live Skype with the, uh, the two directors, with Carrie and Jonathan. And uh, they wanted me to different notes, they gave me some notes to do it, you know, differently, I guess. And then, yeah, not too long after, I was offered the part. And uh, originally, Simon Pegg was attached to it. Was originally attached to the film. Wow. And, yeah, so that was, was, was would have been interesting to see. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, it went to Kevin James. So Simon Pegg dropped out because of scheduling issues. And what Kevin James told me, I remember that. That Kevin James was supposed to be the, the father part, to Joe, part, Joe McCall. Oh. Part. It was originally, and uh, when Simon Pegg backed out, uh, the, the deal was falling apart. And, and so the, 
says, Jim says, well, I can play, I can play the Dominic part, and I can play that role, and the producer convinced the producers and directors, and okay, that sounds like a great, great idea. You know, it's it is an interesting idea. This Kevin James is always a comedic actor. He's always done comedy, never did drama before. Especially, this is so drastic part. They you know, such a, a you know extreme you know villain. You know that. You know, So Kevin James also went to school with Big Foley, so probably when he saw you was going to be in the movie, he probably got That's it. Right. You know, we did talk. Yeah, yeah, we did talk. I mentioned about. I talked about that. How crazy he was at school. So <laughs> how Big Foley was going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he did dabble with uh, a bit of wrestling or MMA stuff in his films. You know, he did play with that. So we did have a connection. Asking me questions about uh, wrestling, pro wrestling, and then. Tell me about that. I didn't tell me about the Robert Downey incident, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I didn't mention. <laughs> no, you didn't mention that. I usually say that in every interview. They always, they always ask me about it. No, it happened. It was an incident on set where I, uh, uh, on Sherlock Holmes, we're shooting the, the big fight sequence at the, the shipyard. Oh, okay. A lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of, you know, it's very elaborate. A lot of. Uh, and fights going on but uh, there was a part where we didn't really re rehearse that much uh, the part where I was supposed to aim my, my fist towards his face and he was supposed to block it and then and my punch would be diverted towards his chest and yeah. hit him and then he fell backwards on over barrels and, and we could continue on afterwards but we didn't have time to rehearse that part and that's you know, that's, we should have, I guess, you know, but at the time we didn't have the time. Because I can't fake it, you know, when you go for a punch. You can't pull back. Yeah. Exactly, you go too fast and you don't really, you really don't have time to pull back. And in my mind, I thought he's, he's going to put his, his block it, and he forgot. You know, and then so I, I went towards right towards his uh, chin, his mouth, yeah. and I, I felt this, you know, I felt this uh, face. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was bad. I didn't know how bad it was, but I knew it was, I hurt him. You know, uh, I was afraid I if I broke something, too, for nose or. Anything to shut down production. That's not why. That's that was you know. Uh, I was worried about I heard it. That I, I hurt him seriously. 
but he was fine. I cut his lip. Yes, I was uh, cutting his lip. We were worried about the swelling. Yeah, of course, we're filming. So they put some ice. We finished the fight. We watched the tape, by the way. He wasn't caught on the main camera. Of course, the camera was on my back, but it was like on the camera. Speaking of like Robert Downey Jr., you know he's been involved with the Marvel films. Um, you also been involved in t- TV with comics, like The Strain. Um, have you been Have you been like approached by Marvel or any DC work for like doing like a particular big guy role for like any Marvel film or anything like that? Well, I auditioned. I did audition a couple of Marvel films. No, I don't remember what they were because when you audition for them, they're Mission Impossible style. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm talking about Becky for a little bit. Out of all the film work you've done, for you know, you you have a now for you, you being an actor, you have a large body of work. How do you rank Becky as one of the films you're involved in? Is that like a top film for you, or did you have a lot of fun on set working on Becky? I, I would say it was, it's the top for me. For really? Sure. Wow. It okay. A, yeah, it was a great role. I would say it was a. a it's one of those roles where it doesn't come too often. I mean, when it does, you usually don't get it because it's an audition for interesting roles from, from, from films. But, you know, when you audition for it, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, you know. But this one, I nabbed it, you know, and, uh, and it was a great but It also saw the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was a, a great part, a very important part of the story of the role you know it's, 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 it's very conflicted and it kind of uh, changes the, the turning point in the film because yeah. of my, the actions I do and uh, so it was no it was a, I would say a role of a lifetime for me yeah. uh, working collaborating with your great directors great cast you know uh, it was it was fun it was just fun everybody had fun in that film even though it was a very intense story yeah very right? intense yeah scary and, you know it's just dark it's gory and stuff we just had fun I, I had fun it's just amazing I made friends there you know it's just I was uh, I was very lucky very very lucky you know, lucky that we were able to shoot before the pandemic you know? yeah lucky thing they were scheduled to shooting this year that we were able to finish it before the whole thing went to hell but uh, it was supposed to come come out uh, premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival a month ago or in in April Mm -hmm. in my mind uh, uh, I wanted to go to to the premiere well that was I heard about it in March now the whole the outbreak was starting to get its hold, on hold, you know, it's starting to get worse in New York, especially. And it was still scheduling to do the, the festival. You know? yeah. And I'm thinking it would be cool to go, but at the same time, I don't think it would be a good idea because New York is starting to get bad. Yeah. So I didn't bother with it, but now, that's, of course, everything fell apart and everything was shut down afterwards. But I'm happy the film. Yeah, you know, it was supposed to get a, a theater run. It was supposed to be in theaters. Yeah. But it happened. It's not going to happen. But now with some video on demand and all, you can see it everywhere streaming, even in drive-ins. It's, it's shown in 50 drive-ins in the, across the U.S. Wow. Okay. This is a perfect drive-in movie, you know? Yeah. Really. In uh, all the big summer movies, they're all pushed out now because of the pandemic. They're all been pushed to later the year or mm-hmm. next year now. Mm-hmm. That a small film like Becky could do well. People want to see uh, something new. Mm-hmm. People are bored, you know. They want to see new, new, new films. Mm-hmm. And this film is people, you know, caught their eye because it's something different, you know. It's, 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 People want to see a teenage girl defend herself against bad guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very, it's very, um, what do you say? People want to see, some, and a lot of bad stuff has been happening in the last few months. People want to see something to fight against, fight back against, you know, especially our boss, you know, fight, sort of save her family. She does it in the, in the original, and she's full of rage and, and the 
very cathartic you know, about it. <laughs> <laughs> the ways of a perfect film for it. it's good timing, I think, for it to be released. And Happy was released. You know, yeah. Happy. I'm saying, you know. Yeah, I don't know how is it over there, but a lot of the theaters here, like, I think AMC filed for bankruptcy, and a lot of theaters are like, I think there's some of them were bankrupt, and I think the theaters are slowly opening up. Do you think the new normal will be for movies to go on streaming, like Prime Video and like movies direct to TV? You think that's the new normal? Well, I think so. I think this, this will be, uh, obviously, um, a turning point, for sure, for, for how to uh, distribute films. Mm -hmm. Now, movie like Becky well, well, is perfect for it. I'm sure you'll go. You'll come back. It's money. It invested because it's a small indie film. Mm -hmm. Movies like James Bond, for instance, that yeah. spent a, a half a billion on production and marketing, they won't really heavily rely, you know, they can't do their profit back alone on streaming. Mm -hmm. you know, they do it on the box office worldwide, like China and that's how they make their money back. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. So it will probably change if it if it continues for, for well, I'm sure you'll probably be like this for next year too as well. But uh, in the studios might maybe thinking of doing smaller films, low budget films, so they can be released on streaming, and so they can make their profit back, their money back. Big movies, it's hard to do it. Like I said, you know, you can't do it. Netflix, I guess you can. I spoke because Netflix does choose productions on Netflix. I guess it does. It, it, I guess they, they broke the, the mold for that, I suppose. But it's, it's all different than, than different films. If they do smaller films, smaller scale, maybe they'll have a chance of making, you know, being successful compared to a Marvel film or a Bond film where mm -hmm. they have to rely on box office. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, people are trying to figure out the uncertainty. They're yeah. Trying to figure out to move forward in, 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 in the entertainment industry, at yeah. least. Yeah. Not the film. You know, it's, it's filming is very intimate, you know. The acting is just, that's what drama is. You yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to, you can't, you can't, I'm sure you can't fake it with cameras and stuff, but people will see through it. I mm -hmm. People want to see people together. You know, you can do with the editing and, you know, cut and stuff, but it won't work without, you know, people won't believe it, you know. Yeah. It'll be hard. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard. It'd be hard to just, I don't know how they're going to figure it, figure it out, how to do yeah. it, move forward. They um, can do a movie about the pandemic. That, that could work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, speaking of movies, speaking of movies, you've done you've done like a lot of different roles. Is there a particular role that you haven't played yet that you want to play? I want more roles like Apex. That's all. Really. Okay. Roles like what this one vying for, really. You know, to have more, I'll have another opportunity to play a role like him. You know, that's what. That's why I love doing. You know, something that's complex and emotional. It's a, it's a challenge for me, you know, and the way it's, it's, it's something I love, I love to try, love to do, yeah. you know, stuff that I can, I can act, you know, to prove myself to others that I can do it. Yeah. So more roles like, yeah, I would, of course, I would say, sure, big, you know, for both, have roles in big movies, big productions, big, yeah. you know, franchises, that'd be awesome. But I like indie films. I've been, I've worked in, between both, from Indian 
And he found that a lot have a lot of, don't have the budget for it, but they work hard. They really do work hard. They have the passion. The same way as they would have the passion for a big production as well. But the small ones, they have the, the heart for it, the passion to tell a story. And for me, I have a lot more freedom to play, to play with my character compared to where you can really do it. Yeah. Very limited. You know, they don't have the freedom, I guess, all the time. Uh-huh. But the smaller film like this, you know, the directors were awesome. You know, they gave me the freedom to find the character and with their help of their direction, their guidance, you know, I, they, they helped me to get there, you know. And it's, and it's, it's more like a family feel when it's doing a smaller film, you know. So it's, it's, it's a lot more fun, I think. Yeah. Um, what's been What's been the biggest... Um purchase you've you know as doing acting now as a full-time career what's been the biggest purchase you have bought the biggest purchase yeah for yourself like like you know how you reward yourself like oh, i did this role uh you know i want to i want to buy this for myself because i deserve this like what's the what's the biggest purchase you've bought <laughs> i don't know i don't know purchase like a car? You bought a big fancy car? You bought? Oh no, no, no. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not the show off the show off the part. I don't buy fancy. Yeah. No, I have a minivan, caravan, and that's not my good. That. <laughs> nice. Lately, though, because uh, uh, the gyms are shut down. Of course, the gyms, the gyms on the other hasn't been open the last couple of months. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I've been looking for for. Uh, equipment at home to, to work and I just uh, bought a, 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 a squad rack. Oh. Was, I was very happy with it. I was very <laughs> with it. I was able to, and I bought some barbells and plates and weights. Yeah. But that's all, something simple and basic. That's all I needed, really. Yeah. And so I was happy to obtain that. So that's, that's uh, small, little things. Yeah. Small things. <laughs> You get to pre- I think it's part of growing up. When I grew up, we, my, my dad and my mom worked hard, you know, the middle class people. So they did, you know, they weren't, we weren't wealthy, but the enemies were rich, you know, so we, we have to, they worked hard. Well, my mom and dad worked hard on life when, when we were kids. So every time we would get a gift, like Christmas time or birthday, you know, we get, we, we appreciate it. We would play the, the, the toy, the, the Speaking of spe- speaking of action figures, do you have any Kurgan action figures? I, I, I do, I do. Yes, I do. A couple. Oh, you have a couple. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a couple versions. Actually, there's three versions. Uh, there's one with the uh, Truth Commission. The smaller ones. Yeah. Um, I have that. It's still in the box, of course. And I have the the Kurgan one. We have the claw. Yep. Yeah. 
when you this this when you <laughs> to save your first mate. Yeah. Definitely your own action figure. So it's very awesome. Yeah. Oh. And I got the Jaeger, the Jaeger from the Pacific Rim. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. How you? They did different models for it. It was an 18 inch. Was for me, it's too big. It's, it would be cool to have, but it's too big. I mean, it just gathers dust after a while. It really does. Yeah. But I got the smaller version of it, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. Right? I like that. So it's, it's a nice memory. Okay. Yeah. As well, we got the uh, the baby string. What do you call it? The baby. Um, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's see it. There. Oh yes, <laughs> that's awesome. The Funko Pop, right? Yeah. The Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I'm um, speaking of the strain and everything. Um, how's been your relationship with Guillermo del Toro like? Because I know he loves your work. How's everything with Guillermo del Toro? Well, I haven't really. The last time I worked with him, I saw him was uh, we directed that uh, segment. Yeah. Uh, where before when the Sardou becomes the master. Yes. The flashback. That's the last time he directed that segment. Yeah. And that's the last time I saw it. Oh my God. Three, four years ago now. Wow. Okay. So I haven't been in contact with him you know, since. Well, I'll do follow him on, on Twitter once in a while. But yeah, I haven't been. You know, he's been busy doing other stuff too. So it's yeah. to keep touch. You know, so I haven't talked to him in a long time. I love, I love to work. I love to work with him again. It's meeting to see him again, you know. Yeah. But to work working with him again. He was doing another film in Toronto. I don't think I looked at him. Uh, Cooper. Uh, what's his name? The actor, Cooper? Uh, Cooper Andrews? Or, uh, no. no, Cooper from The Star is Born, Cooper. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yes. yeah. He was the lead. Big film. The Dottoro. Directed in Toronto. But I think that might have been shut down. Because yeah. of this. But, uh, no, I haven't really been in touch, you know. Yeah. But uh, I had a great experience with him. I was very lucky, very fortunate, very lucky to be to working with a great director. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still, it's still amazing just thinking about it. Where he's just like my performance in that the Big Bang movie. Yeah. Offered me the role. Yeah, just like that. I know. <laughs> right. Yeah, just like that on Pacific Rim. And then that moved on to the master, to the strain. next for you what's next after becky do you have anything lined up as of now or well, well obviously now nothing now you know if, uh, but there's a lot of uh, this stuff i did last year that was including becky uh i did a couple of netflix episodes one for uh, the umbrella umbrella academy okay the second, second okay. season's coming out in the, in the summer oh, okay sometime 
And I was I worked in an episode of that last year. Oh. Some ADR for it, some some audio dubbing uh, a month ago, and I saw some of the footage, and it was pretty. It's a fight scene. Yeah. The, the big fight sequence was just awesome. It was very cool. So I met some of some of the cast. And, so that's coming out soon. I worked on another show for Netflix called Jupiter's Legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, big series, a huge production, super, uh, superhero vibe to it. Yeah. Kind of a, it's based on a comic book as well, a mini series of comic books. Uh, kind of a Watchmen vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Very dark from superheroes and mature. And uh, I did, like I said, I did an episode of that one, but I was pretty. I was well dressed for that one. From the three piece suit. That was a very so that's coming out sometime this year. And then I did a film, another indie film after. Did it after Becky. Actually we filmed it not far from Becky where Becky was shot. Well we filmed it in Hamilton, Ontario. And then uh, we did it last December. Mm-hmm. It's an indie film, it's a Canadian indie film. Uh, it's called Vicious Fun. Vicious Fun, okay. Vicious Fun. And it's, uh, it's a horror film, right? but with a lot of dark, dark humor to it, dark comedy. It's just got the timelines based in the, um, in the East, I would say. And it, the premise is fun. I mean, I, I first read the script, and they wanted me to read the script first, and I got hooked on it. The, uh, the, uh, this, this guy inadvertently this, this a comic book writer who was uh, who follows his roommate his roommate is a girl and he's, he's in love with you know but he's, so he follows his, his date around her, uh, her her date around he's jealous he's following her date and follows, follows him to this dingy bar and then he inadvertently becomes part of this meeting. This is after after hours after the bar closes. Mm-hmm. This meeting, help help meeting type or, or like an like an AA meeting. Yeah. And he's part of that accidentally, and he's pretending to be somebody else. It's not. And uh, and, uh, and the meeting is a uh, with uh, serial killers. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a once it's a once a month all the all the killers server killers from from this from the US I guess they all come together to talk about how to improve their kills <laughs> this, that's the premise <laughs> so he's trying to he's pretending to be a, the guy the kid that's you know, trying to pretending to be a killer but of course he's not he's trying to get the hell out of there before he's found out before he's before he's murdered by us <laughs> So I play one of the, uh, of course, one of the killers. Oh, okay. He's kind of a Michael Myers type killer. Oh, okay. Now, there's other killers who are more kind of a Dexter killer. Yeah. A clown. Uh, you dress up as a clown. You know, so all different variations of uh, serial killers. <laughs> and it was, it was with uh, David Kettner. You know, David Kettner, the comedian actor from, uh, he was in that. Yeah. Anchorman. Okay. Uh, so he's, he's, he's he's a big name in the film, and uh, it was fun. It was just I, I loved it. I loved it all. It's just it's just so funny, gory, dark, you know. But it's just a perfect genre film. Oh, awesome! And 
we filmed that. We finished that before, you know, before Christmas. So of course, before they were working on it on post production, and they had to stop because of the, the whole the pandemic uh, yeah. pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping I'm hoping they were able to finish it. Able to finish it. Hopefully, come out live sometime this year. I'm hoping this year. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's that's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, to do Oh, so. oh. That's, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the French. The work. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did an audition, my first audition actually, about uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, for an action film. Uh, filming at the end of the year. Well, this is the end of the, this November, December, somewhere in Europe. Uh, an action, an action film. I can't say what it is, you know, mm-hmm. right now because I, I didn't get the audition for the part, so okay. I didn't get it. But, uh, but it's cool, but at the same time, will it be done by then? Because Europe has their own issues and problems mm. there too. Okay. So I don't know. And, you know, there's a lot of us, a lot of uncertainties. If it's going to get done, this that movie's going to get done at all. But it's if if it works out. If I do get the part, if they want me, then if they're not, 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 not doing, doing it this year, well, maybe hopefully you know, get pushed for next year and we'll still get a go. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's this year is kind of a washout for, <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. yeah. The, the momentum was good. That was getting some interesting roles. Of course, with Becky and all that, the momentum was going. It was, it was going good, yeah. yeah. Going good. And then, yeah. you know, it was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Coronavirus hit and everything got. Yep. <laughs> Robert, um, pr- um, promote your social media. Promote any. I don't know if you have any conventions coming up because I don't know if everything it's closed up. But do you have anything coming up? Do have a, a, a convention? Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. A couple months ago, actually, uh, the, the I was offered to go to Wales in the UK. Yeah. The end of August, okay. I think the fourth or something, the twenty first, twenty fourth. Yeah. Of uh, Wales, this is cool. Yeah. And then uh, I'm on. I just got in on Instagram. Today. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So I've been pressured. I've been pressured to go. You know, yeah. my agent, my, my family. Yeah. Me to go buy on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. What's, what's your Instagram name? Oh, Malay Robert. Okay. Robert. Oh, okay. Great. I'll look. Interesting. Yes. Better get used to it. It's very similar to Facebook and stuff and Twitter, but it's different. A little, a little different. Yeah. Stuff you can but I'm getting used to it, so it's fun. Yeah. Hopefully, I get more. You know, more followers and to see to see the work, my work and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, Robert, yeah. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Always been a fan of your work. Always been a fan of you wrestling. Been a fan of your movies. Um, I look forward to seeing you in major, major roles. I, I still think I would love to see you work with Rob Zombie. I think Rob Zombie will know what to do with you. I think if you do a Rob Zombie film, I think he will, he will make you excellent. Like, I can see you as a dirty killer or the way he had... Um, uh, I think the, the, he, the actor he worked with passed away. He was a, a tall guy. I forgot his name offhand. But, you know, he he knows how to accentuate your positives. I think you would work great with him if you did, like, a Rob Zombie okay. movie. You know? Yeah, he'd be an interesting director to work with. Uh, yeah. Uh, I knew some actors who I worked with. Uh, what's his name? He just passed away. The legendary, uh, he played the clown in one of the... the oh, Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Right. Yeah, Sid Haig. Sid Haig, right? Yes, Sid Haig. I had a couple times, like to chat with him. Yeah. We had dinner with a, with a group of us in Kansas City. Oh, okay. In Kansas City, four or five years ago, in uh, one of the horror cons in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, awesome guy, friendly man. Great story. I mean, the history, I mean, the, the experience he went. He, meant, he did a James Bond movie with Sean Connery. Years ago, yeah. <laughs> Before I let you go, do you have a favorite quote you you go by? Like a favorite quote that you like? Favorite quote? No, no, I don't have a favorite quote. I can't think of any. <laughs> I put you on the spot. I yeah, know it's okay. You know, some people have like a favorite quote they go by. Some people like their quotes or whatever. It's all good. <laughs> That's what you just say. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Robert, um, thank you so much. This is the second time talking to you again. You've always been a pleasure. And hopefully we could talk in, let's say, probably late 2020 or late 2021 and see what's going on from there. Be happy to, man. Be happy to. Hopefully we'll all be there, all be there at the end of the year. So. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Robert. <laughs> and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.